change hallelujah hallelujah let your kingdom come lord let your will be done hallelujah good morning we welcome everyone this morning to christ center church so glad to have everyone in the house of god this morning to praise god our online viewers we thank you for tuning with us this morning amen we pray that god will bless us here today we're going to invite you to stand with us this morning we're going to get right into a service and ask the lord's will to be done in our service this morning. Amen. Amen. Ready to pray this morning? Ready to pray this morning? Amen. Amen. Oh, Father, oh, God, King of all kings and Lord of all lords, our Redeemer, our Savior, the one that is and that is to come, we love you, Lord God. We adore you. We come before your presence this morning with thanksgiving in our hearts. And into your courts with praise, O oh God. O oh God, we are thankful unto you, Lord God. And we're going to bless your name this morning. Lord God, we thank you for this another day that you have made, O oh God. Lord God, we ask you, dear God, that you may forgive us for every sins, O oh God. All the sins that we have committed in your sight knowingly and unknowingly, Lord God. We ask you to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and all filthiness, O oh God. Burn out every sins that we have committed, O oh God. Wash us, O oh God, and help us to be whiter than snow, Lord God. Creating us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. Oh God, take not thy only spirit from us, oh God. Cast not away thy present from us, oh God. As we gather together, Lord God, to lift up holy hands and to praise your name, oh God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will touch us this morning as we worship you, Lord God. Oh God, we ask your will to be done in this place this morning, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, for a mighty move of your spirit in the service like never before, Lord God. Father God, as we pray, Lord God, we pray for the man of God this morning that the anointing will be upon him, O oh God, that you will strengthen him, O oh God, that you will touch him from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, O oh God. Let the healing virtue, let your strength be upon him, O oh God, like never before. We ask your will to be done this morning in our service. Oh God, touch our praise singers, our musicians, oh God, our individual, our altar workers, our greeters, our ushers. Oh God, bless every aspect of the service this morning, oh God. We ask you, Lord God, that you continue to bless all our nurses, oh God, that you continue to strengthen them, oh God, and that you continue to keep them and guide them, oh God. Oh God, we love you. 
Oh God, we give you all the glory. Lord God, we give you all the honor for great and mighty. You are only your righteous. There is none other like you. There is none to compare, oh God. Oh God, you are our God and our King. Oh God, and we love you, Lord God. We give you all the glory. Oh God, and all the honor. And Father God, we thank you in advance for what you're about to do in this place, oh God. Move upon us like never before, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you will change our hearts, our mind, transform us, oh God. Renew in us, oh God, the right spirit, oh God. Oh, Father God, as we pray, Lord God, this morning, we pray and ask you, Lord God, to come down and move in the service like never before. Oh, Father God, as we worship you. Call upon the name, your name that is worthy to be praised. We ask you, Lord God, that you will continue to bind us together, Lord. We love you, Lord God. We give you glory and we give you all the honor this morning. Oh God, we worship you, Lord God. And Father God, as we come to you this morning, we ask you, Lord God, that you pour out your spirit upon us, oh God, this morning, oh God. We ask your will to bow. We ask your kingdom come, oh God. For it's not by might, oh God, not by power, but it's by your spirit. And oh God, we come before your presence, humble, oh God, knowing that you are the one that brought us into your kingdom for such a time as this, oh God. Have your way among us, oh God. We love you. Come on, church. Let's just worship the Lord this morning. Let's just give him a round of applause this morning because he's worthy to be praised. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Before the praise singers uh, sing this morning, I'm, I'm going to ask all the nurses. It just let in my heart. You know, if you could just come in, in the front this morning. We want to pray for you. You, 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 you guys, uh, all the nurses that are here, Sister Sylvia, Sister Sharon, Sister... Um, Sister Scarlett, Sister Ivan, and all the other nurses that are here. We want you to just come in front of us this morning. Amen. We want to pray for you. You know, we, we have a, a, a you, you all have a heavy task ahead of you. And I mean, we want to pray that God will continue to cover you. God will continue to keep you all this morning. And um, that, you know, whatever you're doing, you know, you're doing such an awesome job in the house of God. And we want to pray that God will continue to bless you. God will continue to cover you and continue to keep you all. Um, you're out there day to day doing your day to day job and you're in the house of God doing the job that you're doing that God bless you and give you the ability to do. I want to pray that God will cover you and keep you. So just point your hands wherever you are and let's just point and in the name of Jesus. Let's pray for our nurses. Father God, as we pray this morning, oh God, we thank you, Lord God, for all our nurses, Lord God, that you will begin us for such a time as this, Lord God. Father God, we ask you, Lord God, that you will touch them individually. Oh God, touch them collectively, Lord God. I pray and ask you, Lord God, that you will cover them, Lord God. Let your hands be upon them, Lord God, as they go to do their secular job, oh God, and the job that they do in the church, oh God. We ask you to bless them, oh God. Cover them, oh God, and keep them, Lord God, in everything that they do, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will continue to use them for your glory, Lord God. We give you all the glory and we give you all the honor, Lord God. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's just give the Lord a round of applause this morning. He's worthy to be praised. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Worship the Lord with us this morning.
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus.
in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Demons tremble when they come in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We got joy. We got peace. We got love. Amen. Amen. The fullness of the Godhead is all in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a round of applause this morning. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. You may be seated for a few minutes. Amen. Praise God. We welcome everyone to Christ Center Church. So glad to see everyone in the house of God this morning to praise and to magnify the Lord with us. Amen. Our online viewers, we thank you for tuning in with us this morning. Amen. We want to give a, a quick shout out to Brother Julius last week. We had our testimony service and he sent in his testimony that God bless him with a job and God is still blessing him. Amen. So that was his testimony that he want to share with us this morning. So, you know, for our online viewers, you know, feel free to tag us, send us your message and we'll make sure we'll do our best to get it passed on if we can. Amen. But we want to let you all know that we love you. We care about everyone. Amen. Christ, this is Christ-centered church, whereas Christ is the central focus of everything that we do in this church. Amen. This is not about us, but it's about the Lord. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Tom. He's going to come with some announcements at this time. Amen. Just listen attentively to the announcement. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Good morning, church. <laughs> this afternoon, um, the students that are enrolled in CSTI class will be taking their um, second of series of exams today, which will close out the first trimester. And um, because of our calendar, we're going to get right back right into the next uh, trimester. But this uh, announcement is really for you online viewers. If any of you out there want to join us uh, with uh, the Christian Service Training Institute classes that we take, please contact us. The message will get directed to me. We'd love to have you join us. We um, are only looking for a, a three-hour commitment on a Sunday afternoon. From, uh, we start at 3 o'clock. Christian Service Training Institute is a college out in California. They have a wonderful ministry where they have all these Bible scholars and teachers, pastors all over the state of California. Some guys fly in and do their class that way. But it's, re it's excellent instruction. Uh, we, uh, we, we enjoy uh, the, uh, the whole experience. We are one of a few satellites around the country. In fact, um, when we started four years ago, we were only the number five satellite in the country. And so we've been at this a while. It's, uh, it's an excellent experience. Hopefully more of you will join us. Uh, we'll start again uh, with a new class on the 13th. Yesterday we spent the, after, the morning, actually, and then the afternoon in Newark. Uh, the, the, we did our kickoff rally for um, Christmas for Christ. Last uh, week we, um, we, we selected um, uh, envelopes off the tree. Pastor's going to um, say a few more words. Uh, we're going to show a video. Um, but what I'm... Uh, I guess I wanted to share with you is that uh, our praise and worship team teamed up with the praise and worship teams from a couple of other churches, and the music was fabulous. It was a wonderful experience. And I actually learned something yesterday, which I'd like to share with you. All of the churches in New Jersey that um, are um, currently inside of our district um, are uh, original church plants. No church that's inside of our district was an established church that someone took over. So there's a real heart for church planting here in this state. 
and it was a wonderful um, energy yesterday. And um, the second thing I'd like to share is that uh, several years ago, um, Pastor Wyatt uh, made a statement that he tries to make his best gift each Christmas season for Christ. And I've started doing the same. I make sure that I pick a large donation ticket over there, and no one gets a bigger gift than I give to Jesus. All of you that are online who would like to be involved in that, certainly you can't come and select an envelope, but contact us, and we would love to have you be involved. Pastor Wyatt will share some more things about why that's important this year. Um, for all the youth that are watching online, uh, the... Um, the youth uh, department, uh, brother and sister Hasker, are going to do something really kind of neat um, this year um, on uh, Friday. They're going to do something called uh, Youth Social, and the, the Youth Social is going to be on Zoom. It's very, very different, but the big goal is that everyone's going to establish their spiritual goals for this coming year. I just think that's a really neat experience for the kids to do. And um, the, the last thing that I want to share is that um, we, uh, we got some uh, unfortunate news um, this past week. Our pastor had a, uh, um, a sad meeting, I guess is the way to put it. Um, the state of New Jersey has made a few changes with restrictions. Uh, we, I, was, I was coming here to announce that we were going to change our time to 6 o'clock um, and, and finish at 10. But unfortunately, because of numbers, because of some, some of the things that have to do with hospitality and hotels, uh, it sounds like the Marriott's reduced their staff down to 35 employees. That's a, that's a hustling hotel, and they have reduced because of the times that we're in. And so here's the good news. Uh, one of the things we began talking about was those of you that have committed and put some money forward and have a, uh, um, a seat at this banquet, we're going to have a banquet. Maybe we'll call it the Christmas banquet. Maybe it'll be in May, but we're going to have something. And so if you've already put your stuff out there, just let it ride with us. And um, if you would like a, um, a refund, certainly Sister Sylvia will take care of that for you. But uh, we're going to do something and uh, as soon as uh, things start to uh, shift back to a normal place. Okay? Have a great day. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord, everyone. God is good. <coughs> Welcome to Christ Center Church. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the central focus of our lives. Amen. It is uh, offering time, and we would just like for you to just think about. Um, why you're giving. Just think about the goodness of God, how he has blessed you and kept you. And in your giving, just lay that on your mind. Let God dictate everything that we do today. Amen.
for those of us who are here to my right, we have Sister Patrice. She takes care of the electronic offering. So whatever you're doing electronically, just see Sister Patrice and um, the ushers, including myself. We'll have envelopes for you. You can um, give. We have baskets strategically placed inside the sanctuary. Amen. I just invite you to stand and we'll pray over the offering. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we love you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for keeping us in this time, this perilous time, Lord. So many things are happening, Lord, to distract us from your mercy and your grace. But we look to you, the author and finisher of our faith. And we say thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done. I pray, O oh God, that you would... Bless this offering this morning. Bless all who have to give this morning, Lord. And those who don't, let them make a way for them so they will be able to contribute. They will be able to give. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Come forward with your tithes and offerings. and I'm a church planner. I'm a licensed minister with the United Pentecostal Church. I was raised in a godly home. Got called to the ministry at age 16. And my parents, they were church planners who inspired us. We went all over the world and built churches. For years, Sister Bowens and her family had wanted to plant a church in the Owensville, Missouri area. Owensville is a small town. It only has about 2,000 people, maybe a little more in it. But the town has a lot of hungry, needing people. Uh, we have a lot of homeless here. Drug addiction in this town is high, and we have a suicide almost every week. People that need Jesus. A small work in Owensville was closing its doors and they offered their storefront for a new church plant. So we went and we started the church in the storefront. It had red carpet and yellow pews, and it was very small. But God blessed in that little building. Revival broke out, and they quickly outgrew their small building. So we, we moved into a nursing home. We stepped out by faith, and we believed that, that God was going to meet us there, and he did. But we knew we needed a building. There young congregation joined in 21 days of prayer and fasting, asking God for a miracle. We were so frustrated. What do we do? Nam and Chris Mr. Christ had given us a loan for some land, but we couldn't get a loan to build a building. And we have people coming. We have people being filled with the Holy Ghost. God is moving, but we have no building to take them to. God laid it on my heart that if I call Brother Sample, 
that Nam would help me, Christmas for Christ would help me. So I called and I said, Brother Sample, we need a miracle. We think we can build, or we drew up a plan, and it's a 60 by 60 building with Sunday school rooms, and we think it'll last us for a while. If, if you can come and help us, we, we don't have enough money. We need 25000 Brother Sample called us back, and he said, I'm not only going to give you the $25,000, I'm going to come and build the church for you. He says, but I don't think you can do it for that, so we'll give you 35000 and we're going to come and build it for you. We'll send in a whole crew. When I told the church, it did something to the people, that people would love us enough, that they would give us money, that they believed in this little town, that they believed in them enough to come and build them a church. It sparked something in them. It sparked revival like we've never seen here in this town. It sparked a revival that unprecedented. I, I can't explain what God's doing. It sparked something that even while they were building the church, people were being baptized in the baptismal tank. And the men who were building it were prophesying over the building that miracle signs and wonders would come out. I remember Brother Thornton outside weeping over the church and Brother Sample praying. And even though he was sick, he gave his all for, for us. For us, he believed in us. Nam believed in us. Christmas for Christ believed in us. And they made a difference in this community. In two years, we baptized between 100 and 120 people. God is doing miracles in this small town because Nam and Christmas for Christ believed in us. In a year and a half, we had outgrown our new building that Nam and Christmas for Christ had built for us. So we're building a new sanctuary right now that will seat between probably three and 400 people by the time we're done as an addition onto our Nam building. God is doing miracles, signs, and wonders here, all because someone believed in us. Thank you for giving to Christmas for Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Those stories are always captivating to me. Um, I'm, I'm always um, taken aback by um, all of those stories about a church plant. It, you, you heard me mention that the church is the hope of the world. Well, we know Jesus is the hope of the world, but the way he chooses to reach the world is by his church. And so um, it is... Um, uh, very important that we have, you know, if you think about it like this, and, you know, everybody's mind works differently, but the way my mind works is this, um, you know, every major city have multiple Burger Kings and McDonald's and Wendy's and Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, I mean, wherever there's a lot of people, you see a whole lot of those, um, you know, venues and, um, you know, they're doing it to make money, um, and what the church does is to reach people with the gospel that they may spend eternity with Jesus, that they may know who Jesus is. And there's nothing more important in the world than that. And so uh, I think we need a, a shift in our mindset that we ought to challenge ourselves when we drive past the Starbucks and the 
Dunkin' Donuts and the Wendy's and the Burger Kings and, and the McDonald's and all the stores that we know are constantly in our towns. We need to drive by and say, God, we need a church that's just right around all of these things as well because people need Jesus and people need to uh, be a part of his church. And so continue to pray about that. Let it be a burden of yours um, to um, support the church. And if you can't support the church, um, you know, uh, financially, then pray. If you can't support the church, um, you know, financially, then, then, then serve. Do things that make the church stronger in its position so people will come and people will hear the gospel and people's life will be impacted because we need the church. Without the church, we don't have any hope in this world. And so that's why every year this church collects a Christmas for Christ offering and we send it to our um, to WC, which is our um, um, headquarters in the United Pentecostal Church International, uh, for them to disperse the offering to all of the churches, just like the new church in Missouri. Um, we have been helped by Christmas of Christ, as I mentioned, um, for three years, and we got close to thirty thousand dollars from Christmas for Christmas for Christ. Unfortunately, in, in Jersey. The money don't go as far like it does in Missouri. <laughs> so um, it's not so easy to purchase land and build a church building um, um, and, and do that. And so um, we want to support uh, Christmas for Christ. So give your best gift to Jesus. And so what I've done is if I'm going to spend, you know, 200 bucks on each of my kids, then I got to give 250 bucks to Jesus. You know, that's just kind of how I do it. If I'm going to spend whatever I'm going to spend for Christmas on, whatever I'm going to spend it, I try to make sure I spend the most uh, in, in my giving in Christmas to Christ. So uh, don't forget to get an envelope um, and, and take whichever one you feel like you can afford to give and you have till the end of December to bring it back. For those of you that are uh, uh, virtual, um, you can always send in an offering um, uh, electronically and just make notation Christmas for Christ or CFC, just to say that's your contribution to it. So pretty simple, just, uh, you know, use the electronic way of giving and just write CFC somewhere um, um, in the notation. That way we will know that's what you're giving it for. And hopefully we can raise $5,000 to give to Christmas for Christ. Um, I believe the most we've given is $3,300. So we're not far from it if we can give $5,000. Amen. We need, um, I've heard so many stories we need a building and, you know, tendency. I, I just love the way God's principles work because it's so different from ours, Brother D. Um, for us, we're saving up to get, you know, a nice place. We're saving up to get a building. And so in our minds, man, we can't afford to give anything. We, you know, we're saving up. But in the kingdom of God, that's the opposite to him. Because he's saying, if, you, if you're like this, then I can't get to give you anything more. If you operate with your, with, 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 with your hands closed up like this, whatever you have is all you're going to have. But if you do like this, some things will leave, but some things will come in. And I will put more that come in than what leaves. So we want to give a good offering to Christmas to Christ because 
we want to see church planted, but we also know we need something. So we're not going to be tight fist and stingy. We're going to give uh, cheerfully because we want to see the work of God done. We want people to be reached with this gospel. And you've heard me said it. There's over 9 million people in New Jersey, and we only have 17 United Pentecostal Church in New Jersey. That's just an impossible feat. We need you and, and, and your, your children and, and, and your neighbors and whoever you can get to church so we can reach them with the gospel that maybe God will put a call in their life to go start a church. And the good news, if you're a part of this church and God has called you to start a church, we're going to help you in every way we can. It's in our DNA. It's our fiber. So if, if, you, wanna, if you feel called to start a church, we'll help you. We'll train you as best as we can. We'll equip you as best as we can. And in every way, financially, spiritually, um, with labor, anything that we can do, prayer, we will help you get on your way so you can do the work of God. Because it's, a, it's God's kingdom. It's not our kingdom. It's God's kingdom. So give a great offering for Christmas of Christ. I haven't got, gotten my thing. I think I saw it. Okay, grab my envelope before I forget. So I got mine now. I'm good. Amen. That's a large number. When I'm getting these things, I, I get nervous when I start getting my envelopes. Because in my mind, I'm like, am I going to get the money up to get that to, to give for that? But, you know, you just trust God. God has been good. So you trust that he will, you know, help you because you are doing it for the right reasons. And so I believe that God will supply our needs. Amen. Um, one quick um, um, correction in our announcement. Um, this Friday for the youth social, um, I believe it's at 630, 630. Um, the Haskers need the parents to zoom in, not the children. The Haskers need the parents to zoom in at 630. So, um, if you can make yourself available to zoom in Friday and work with them, uh, so you can work with your children, that will be great. We can't leave our children behind. We want them to be a part. Yesterday, I was so proud of my baby girl when we went to Newark for our Christmas for Christ service. Her godfather called her up to take the offering, and she had this big basket. She went to the front with the big offering basket, and she did it like she was a pro. I said, look at her. She's, like, she's a pro. All, she was just cool. You know how sometimes you can tell when somebody's nervous and worked up? Man, I didn't see any nerves working in that girl. She was she just, I got this. <laughs> and she went up, got the basket, flipped it around till she got it right, and just stood there and just took the offering. Proud of you, Peyton McKenzie. That's my baby girl. Proud of her. And she did a great job. But I say that just to say um, that's what we need to do with our children. We need to expose them in um, the things of the kingdom at an early age so they can begin to have something that they can say that's what they want to do. That's what they're passionate about. Amen? And so I thank God for her and some, um, Auntie Sylvia been bringing her along for a good little while. That's why she wasn't nervous, right? <laughs> she worked with Auntie Sylvia and, and, and um, um, Mama Trump's. They, 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 they brought her in and schooled her a little bit so she's been comfortable with that. And so now, you know, just serving in the kingdom is just, you know, normal to her. So um, that's what we need to do with all of our children from that age and bring them up. And as time go on, we, we, they can become a part of teaching Sunday school. They can become a part of the, the um, praise and worship and music and anything. We, we want our children to be a part and not make them feel like they are kids and they need to listen to us and do what we tell them. That, that, that never worked because eventually when they get older and they go off to college or something, they never come back because of the way we treat them. But if we can let them serve God because they want to, 
because they feel like they want to contribute to that, then, then that's when we see the difference. They're not being forced to do it, but they're doing it because they want to. And that's what we have to do, expose them to it so they can, you know, like it on their own, that they can seek out whatever ministry they feel God has put on their heart to do, and they do it, and that way they will enjoy it, and nothing will make them walk away from God because they will want to do it. Whenever you make them do it um, and they don't want to do it, then when they get older, they say bye-bye. Well, let's get into the Word of God. Amen. Uh, keep the Wynn and Wood family in your prayer. Uh, remember, we've been praying for them. Um, Sister Wood lost her mother, um, and they're in North Carolina for that funeral today. That funeral is at 1245, and they will do it in person and um, by live stream. Um, and so we will have an opportunity to be a part of that funeral if you would like to. If um, I will be here today. Um, you know, being a part of funeral, you can join me. If you can't be here and you would still like to be a part, I can give you the link so you can be a part. But continue to keep them in your prayer. They're awesome people. I love them dearly. And whatever we can do to support them in these hard times. So um, keep them in your prayers today. Matthew chapter 10, verse number one. If you will stand with me for the reading of the word, then we'll go to Matthew chapter 17, verse number 14. Matthew chapter 10, verse number one. Again, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to see everybody. Paul, you okay? All right. You're excellent. Don't be too good now. You know, you know, you don't want to mess with me. Don't be too good. If 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 Sister um, Riza um, is is not home, you can't be too good. Amen. When she come back, you do good. <laughs> You're supposed to be walking around like, oh, Pastor, I don't sleep good at night. Miss my wife. <laughs> Amen. You got to do that so I can tell her when she come back. Yeah, Paul couldn't sleep. He just seemed like he just couldn't get with it and, you know, make make things good when she come back. Amen. But it's good to see you, brother. Good to be with everyone that are that have joined us virtually. Uh, Sister Hasker, appreciate you being our online greeter. Um, Also, (laughs) uh, Paul Brantley is our unofficial greeter online as well. My goodness. (laughs) <laughs> he started a trend online, you know, he, he'd get on, he said, good morning, church. I don't know if he's imitating Tom or I don't know what he's doing, but he gets on and he's just, he starts chatting it up with everybody. I'm like, okay, well, we have another greeter. So Sister Haskell, you know, she, she you know, do all the typing stuff and greet with that way. And, um, and, and Brother um, um, <laughs> Brantley, he, you know, he, he gets his own little thing going, so. I appreciate him and their family and all of you, Sister Dee Dee, uh, she's always there, and Joe and, and Barbara and all the folks that join us virtually, I appreciate you all, and I know you're there, and I love you, and um, let God have his way. Matthew chapter 10, verse number 1, amen. Matthew chapter 10, verse number 1. The word of the Lord says in verse number 1, And when he had called unto his 12 disciples, his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. Before you leave here today, if there's anything that you think is impossible and hard and you want to see it done, we're going to pray that it's done before you leave today because God is going to do the impossible. Matthew chapter 17, verse number 14. And when they were come to the multitude, 
there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed, for oft times he, oft, he falleth into the fire and off into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. So the scripture says, this man brought his son that was possessed with a demon to the disciples of Christ, and they could not heal him. They could not cure him. That's what the man is saying. Your disciples was not able to cure my son. Verse 17 then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. <laughs> perverse is referring to distort or distorted, morally corrupt, or because you turned away. Verse 18, and Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart. They pulled him to the side and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. Mm -hmm. For verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, he shall say unto this mountain, Be, I'm sorry, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. I want to talk to you today on this simple topic. If you have faith, if you have faith, if you have faith, Lord Jesus, I pray and ask today that you will show up in a powerful and mighty way in this place and that you will show out and that you will demonstrate, oh God, because of the need that is in this house this morning. I pray, Lord God, that you will stir up the gift that's in us. I pray, Almighty God, that you will manifest your presence in this place. Allow us, Lord God, to encounter miracles, signs, wonders, demonstration, Lord God. For, Lord, we have great need. And, Lord, only you, oh God, can fix the need or provide for the needs that we have. I pray and ask, Lord God, that you'll anoint me and use me as your oracle. And I pray that you'll touch the hearing of each and every one of us, that we will hear what the Spirit is saying unto us, and that we will receive a clear word from you, that we will not leave the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. If you have faith, if you have faith, I, I thought that appropriate because a lot of times, you know, we just assume that we have faith, but the scripture says if. So apparently, you can not have faith. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You can be a follower of Jesus Christ and not have faith. So you got to ask yourself, we almost kind of put ourselves at ground level and say, do I have faith? 
I know I've been coming to church. I know I've been and, and, you know, worshiping the Lord and singing and, and praising and, and, and giving. And I'm a part of what's going on. But do you have faith in all of that? Peter, James, and John had just witnessed the transfiguration of Jesus Christ upon a high mountain. While the rest of the disciples, other followers and the scribes and the multitude of people were at the foot of that high mountain. They were probably asking questions about Jesus while Jesus was up on the mountain. They were down there just probably talking to the rest of the disciples and asking them about his birth, his family. What, what, what's his life like? What is the coolest thing that you have experienced following Jesus Christ? And so they were talking to the disciples. And all of a sudden, the multitude saw Jesus coming towards them. Mm -hmm. They left the disciples and the scribes and everyone else. All the other believers, the multitude who were just there, curious, the multitudes that, that have come for probably different reasons, they left everyone else and began to go after Jesus. Mm -hmm. They were amazed probably because they had not expected to see him there. And then the man with the lunatic son approached him and knelt down before Jesus Showing high regard for him. You know, when I read the Bible, some of the things that stick out to me is just so amazing. And here is something that sticks out to me. When Jesus walked this earth, as he moved about in villages and towns, you ever notice it was never the really significant and important people that ran to Jesus? And I just, I just, I just... I, I see that's just so amazing to me because what it tells me, here is what I'm reading into. I'm reading into this, that Jesus showed us that he is here for the least to the greatest. He, he, he wants us to understand that all of us have access to him. And that's not the way our world works normally because the more important you are, the least access people have to you. And so in our world, all the important people are not easily accessible. It's the people that don't have it going on. It's the people that, that are low. It's the people that, that, that are struggling. It's the everyday people that, that you have access to all the time. And so it's amazing how when Jesus came and walked this earth, we saw so many people encountered him, and they weren't really high people. As a matter of fact, the people that quote unquote was that 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 was you know high people you know people that was you know important people, they gave him a hard time. Uh huh. So I just find that amazing to watch how Jesus flow 
and to watch how he dwelt among common people and to watch how everybody had access to him. You remember the blind man, blind Bartimaeus, uh, that Jesus was walking uh, and there was a throng of people all around Jesus uh, and blind Bartimaeus said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And guess what? Everybody, because the way how we think is Jesus is important uh, and he's not going to deal with little people. He's not going to deal with insignificant people. And here you are a blind man and you probably smell and you're probably all messed up. You don't need to be calling Jesus. And that's how everyone else was thinking. But guess what? He just kept on saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And when you call on Jesus, it doesn't matter if you're a little person or you're a big person. It doesn't matter if you're significant or insignificant. When you call on Jesus and you call on him from the depths of your heart, Jesus will respond to you. He showed us that. And for who he is, do we understand who he is? This Jesus that walked this earth, that had walked this earth, he is the one that says, let there be light. And there was light. He is the one where what we know as humans did not exist and he created and made them exist and make them have breath and make them have understanding and make them have what speech and, and understanding and conversation. He made that. And we're treating him like, oh yeah, that, that, that's that guy. I don't know. I don't understand that. I, I just think that, uh, and even in the church, I just think that we, we, we don't have reverence for him like we should because have we thought about who he is? I feel like if we really examine ourselves and challenge ourselves, we revere man more than we do Jesus. We revere man. Oh, my God. Why we think the internet is so, so busy and we were talking yesterday driving up to the service and we're talking about uh, the young people, I understand why they're kind of like slow uh, to, 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 to start getting things done or, or, or slow, uh, 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 I don't know, to, 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 to create uh, uh, something moving. I'm not, there's all, Shauna, there's always an exception. So when I speak, when I say people, I'm not talking about 100%. There's always exceptions. But a lot of our young people, they are slow to get things moving. You know why? Because they've seen so many people in so little effort on social media and Internet become famous and make money. So the bottom line is, in their mind, in their mind, it's not hard to get rich. It's not hard to make a lot of money. It's not hard to accomplish great things. It's not hard to become popular. It's not hard. So, so guess what they do? They just take their time because it all in their mind is, oh, I'm going to get rich. Oh, I'm going to make my money. Oh, I'm going to be successful. But the way they're thinking it is not probably the best way. Because you got to have a sure way, and then you got to have a way where maybe I can take a chance over here. But when you take the chance, if it doesn't work, then what? Then what? And so, I just believe we, 
we, we, we start revering people that are internet sensation. We start revering people that are whatever you want to call it. I mean, we're so just, just inundated by celebrity. It's our thing. Celebrity. And they don't do anything for us. They can't do anything for us. But when it comes down to Jesus, we're just sitting back chilling. When it comes down to Jesus, it's no big deal. When it comes down to Jesus, there's no great reverence. We're not seeking him out. We're just like, oh, yeah, that's Jesus. And so the man went and knelt down before Jesus. We're in a class right now in our Christian Bible school, and today, well, yesterday we took our exam on public speaking. And there's a few things that was talked about in public speaking, and and, and, and a couple of the things that was talked about, a, a lot of things was covered. But one of the things that was talked about was what causes change. Because every public speaking, every time I stand here to minister to you, it's so some change can take place in your life. It's not for my good. It's, it's, it's not because I'm trying to be popular. It's not because I'm trying to be famous. I am here to try to speak God's word into your life that some change will take place in your life. But they talk about sometimes only time change takes place is when you're hurt enough. If you don't hurt enough, change won't take place. Now, the good news is change will take place when you learn enough. And so I'm hoping that I preach enough where you learn enough and that you will exhibit some change in your life. <laughs> this man was hurting. Listen, they talk about mothers having supernatural strength when their kids are in trouble. And this man, he was so hurting because he watched his son just, just being possessed by a demon and being treated all kind of way. And he was so frustrated and he was hurting and he needed his son to be delivered. And he went to Jesus so in reverence and so just desperate. God, will you help me? Help my son. This is a scripture I was going to bring to you this morning, but I'm not bringing it to you. But it's something that I say, and I'll paraphrase that scripture because I read it um, yesterday. And it's a scripture that Jesus, again, got frustrated with his people because he said when he brought them into the land, they enjoyed the fruits of the land. They enjoyed all the goodness of the land. And then eventually they went to false gods. And really what I know about us and, and, and what I've read in scripture is whenever things are going good, we never show the proper reverence and appreciation for God. When it's all good, we don't give him his just due. We only give him his just due when it's not going good. And listen to me. This is funny, but I got to say it the way I understand it. We have placed Jesus between a rock and a hard place. 
I don't know. Jesus, forgive me if I'm not. You, you, I know you're not between a rock and hard place. What I'm saying is he is trying to give us the things that he wants to give us as our father because he loves us. But every time he gives it to us, we run away and go enjoy it and forget about him. We put him in a rock and between a rock and a hard place because what do he what does he do now? What, what should he do? If every time he blesses us and he, and he gives us what we need and he makes sure we have all our provisions and we have good health and strength and God just show his favor in our life. When he does that, we eventually pull away. And before you know it, we fall away doing our own thing and we forget about him. And then it's not until it all fall apart that we do this. Jesus, Jesus, what does, what should he do? What should our God do? Because that's the way we behave. When are we going to step up to the plate and say, God, you've been good to me. I'm experiencing blessings. I'm experiencing great provision. But guess what? I'm still treating you like it's the first time I'm having an encounter. I'm still going to reverence you. I still got the all for who you are. I will still do all I need to do in serving you. Oh, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. And so this man went and got down knelt down in reverence because he was desperate because he had a need and i've told you time and time again god loves you so much that he will make you desperate and messed up just so he can save you and sometimes we blame god for things that we're going through i mean blame the devil for things that we're going through and it's god that's the orchestrator of it all because his mindset is i would rather you be saved with one arm missing than to go to hell with all your limbs that's his mindset and so when he got to step in and allow you to go through hell then he will step in and let you go through hell if it's going to make you say all right jesus and so this man had his son that was possessed with a demon. And he had to go and he went to Jesus in reverence and he knelt down and said, Jesus, my son, I need you. He said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic, a sore and vexed person. For oftentimes he falleth in the fire and oftentimes in the water. He went on to say, I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. They could not heal him. Mm. It's not good when people come to the church and what they need they don't get. It's not good for people to come to church, and the church is made up of you and I. I know we want to think that the church is whatever we want to think, but the church is made up of you and I. So when people say church, it's us that are Christian, blood-washed, blood-bought, born again of the water and of the spirit. It's us that's the church. So when people come among us, they they are supposed to experience the power of God. Whatever the need that they have, they're supposed to leave with that need being fulfilled. This is the church of the living God. This is the body of Christ. And they're supposed to experience that when they come here. But, but, it's possible that they can come and leave without receiving what they wanted to get, what they needed. Because the disciples, when the man went to them, they, 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 they,
could not produce. Mm -hmm. The father's ask of the disciples was appropriate. He was not being inappropriate. He was not doing something wrong. He was well in order because the disciples had been given authority against unclean spirits to heal all manner of disease and sickness. That's what we read in Matthew chapter 10, verse number 1, where it says that he gave them power. And that power didn't mean dudamus power, meaning force. It meant power, authority power. And so Jesus had given his disciples authority to, to, to cast out demons and to heal the sick. He did. And so when the man went to them, he was well in his right to go to them because they were the people of God. The disciples could not drive out the demon. The disciples could not drive out the demons even though they had the authority to do it. If we Oh, God, if we do not use the authority as Jesus instructed us to use it, we will not see the results he promised. So I'm telling you, God has given his church, he has given his people the authority to do great things and to do mighty things. But we must follow his instructions according to how he has laid it out. If not, we will not see the promises of God. People have backed away from God. People have walked away from God. People have stopped going to church because they've been going to church or they're in the church, but you know what I'm saying? They've been coming to the place of worship, but they've been disappointed because what they're expecting was not happening. And so they've given up, even though they have not said it out of their mouth. They have kind of given up on God. They have not believed God in the many things because they have not seen the results. But somebody hear me loud and clear what that's all about. It's not because God don't want to do it. It's because you probably haven't followed the instructions correctly. And because you haven't followed the instructions correctly, you're not getting the promises that God made that you will have when you follow his instruction. And so we are frustrated, fed up, and even walking away from God and stop being a part of the fellowship because we say, well, I'm not seeing the results. Well, have you been practicing the instructions the right way? We never take responsibility. We always want to blame it on something else. It, it's our tendency as people to want to blame it on somebody else or something else instead of saying something must be wrong with me. Something must be wrong with me. I'll tell you this straight up front today, because I talk about this all the time. If stuff ain't going right in Christ-centered church, I don't think about none of you. Not being, try, not trying to be mean. I think about what am I doing wrong. Stuff ain't going good in this church. I'm like, okay, 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 dude, examine your life. What, what, what's going on here? What's wrong here? What aren't you doing? What aren't you saying? What, 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 what aren't you preaching and teaching right? What's going on with you, dude? I'm not looking at anybody else, because I know something about God. If one of us will just be right, he don't need everybody to be right. If one of us will just be right and, and follow the instructions the way he says, and we do what we're supposed to do, and we obey him like we're supposed to, we're going to see the results that he promised us. 
But we're void these promises that God has made because we're not following the instructions the way he has set them. Mm-hmm. I can just picture the apostles the, 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 when the man brought his son. Get out of him. Because they saw the master did it before. Get out of him. And they're doing all kind of stuff. And demons still in the kid. Kid's still acting up. And they're just looking crazy. Get out of him. Nothing happening. Because they wasn't right. They weren't following the instructions the right way. So they didn't get the results. God is no respective person. If, if that's what happened with the disciples, it's what's happening with some of us here today. Is we want to see the results he promised, but we have to follow the instructions the way he laid them out. Jesus, the disciples, tried to cast out the demon, but to no avail. You know, it was interesting. The reason why the guy brought his son to the disciples was because Jesus was not present. He was still up on the mountain. Peter, James, and John. And they were down there. And so the man figured, they're Jesus' disciples. I can bring my son to him. But I will tell you this. Just to take an understanding from that text. We cannot experience the supernatural when Jesus is not present within us or in the midst of us. That was the lesson to draw from that. We, 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 we will not experience the supernatural if Jesus is not in us or in the midst of us. And whatever we got to do to make sure Jesus is in us or in the midst of us, we need to do because that's how we're going to get on the right track of experiencing what he promised. Jesus has to be within us. Jesus has to be in the midst of us. Try to sit in your seat and experience a miracle. Just sitting there, cool, nonchalant, and see if you get a miracle. Mm-hmm. You've heard me said, faith is the currency you have to use to get what you want from the Lord. Faith is the currency you have to use to get what you want from the Lord. Faith is the currency you have to use to get what you want from the Lord. And you know what's great about that? Let me just slide this in before we get to that part. Faith, it can't be mixed with anything else. So as much as I say that faith is the currency, you can't like put on faith. Oh, I'm going to have faith. Because ego and pride and faith cannot exist at the same time. <laughs> so when I say faith is the currency, it means that you have to have true faith, which means it's not mixed with pride. It's not mixed with self-centeredness. It's not mixed with anger. It's not mixed with, 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 with anything else. It's just pure faith that you go to God with and God responds to you. Because faith will make you approach God in humility. What did that man do? 
faith will make you approach God in humility. You can't say I have faith and be haughty. Don't work. Mm -hmm. We cannot experience the supernatural when Jesus is not present within us or in the midst of us. Remember, he is the one that does the miracles, not us. Even though he has given us the authority to, to, to enforce or to, to, to call on him to do, he has given us the authority, but best understand that he is the one that does it. Not you, not me. We don't have no power. There's a scripture in the Bible in Matthew 28, 19, where it says, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. If Jesus have all power in heaven and in earth, you tell me who else have power. <laughs> so it means he is the one that does it because he has the power, not you or not me. And if he lets us share in that power, it's still his that we're sharing in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think one of the issues with the disciples, why stuff didn't work out, was they were kind of in their feelings. Mm -hmm. I know how we are as people, and so I think they were kind of in their feelings. What do you mean by that, preacher? They were in their feelings. Well, maybe the disciples were in their feelings because they were not chosen to go up the mountain of transfiguration like Peter, James, and John was. And so they were a little salty. Remember, it's 12 of them. Only three was on the mountain when Jesus was transfigured. And knowing how we are, when there's leadership, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, among us, somebody's going to think, well, why he, he took those three? I'm just as smart. I pray just as much. I mean, why he took them? And so I believe that that was one of the snag on the, on, on, on the disciples, why they weren't able to pray for that demon to come out of that uh, kid. I believe they were salty. I believe that they were, they had some stuff going on within themselves because they weren't chosen to go up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Mm, I don't know if it was deep as jealousy, but I just know they weren't, they, they weren't cool with it. They, they, they had a little issue. Sometimes it's just, if your mind is not where it needs to be when you are doing the things of God, you can't do it. If your spirituality is not where it needs to be, you won't do it. And so if frustration is in you, if, 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 if you're not focused, right, right, it's hard to do the things that God wants you to do. You got to be focused. You got to be locked in. You got to be spiritually inclined to see the things of God done. And I believe that they were kind of worked up because they didn't get to go up on a mountain. Uh-huh. So when the man ran off all those things to Jesus, Jesus had a little bit of issue. And so Jesus didn't respond to the man directly, nor did he respond to the disciples directly, nor the scribes or anyone that was here. Jesus' response was to the whole multitude of people that were there. He didn't look at any person and say, you, sir, have issues. You, disciples, had issues. You, scribes, had issues. You, believers, had... That's not what he did. He just 
Shout it out loud. All unbelieving and perverse generation. Talking about all of them. Jesus replied so. How long shall I bear with you? How long is it necessary to show you such patience and forbearance with your unbelief and perversity? Jesus, exasperated, fed up with their unbelief and lack of faith. He said, how long I've been around showing you. How long I've been around teaching you. How long I've been around being an example. And what now? I went up to the mouth for a few hours and you couldn't do it? How long? How long are we going to hear the gospel preach and not begin to utilize it? How long will we hear the word of God and not begin to live it out? How long? Because clearly Jesus is making this known that he's not happy about when we are supposed to be learning, when we're supposed to be following him, when we're supposed to be obeying him. We are supposed to do those things, and he's not seeing the results from that. If you have faith, obedience will always show up. You will never... Exercise faith in disobedience. You have to exercise faith in obedience. Uh huh. The other day, when Paul texts me and say his wife is sick and he got to bring her to the church, imagine if he decide, I'm not bringing her. She'll be all right. She, you know, God will do something. Because that's just how he wanted. But that day, he said, no, obedience. I, 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 I got to bring her to the church. He brought her to the church. And God did what he did. Mm-hmm. Jesus rebuked the devil. And the devil departed out of that child. And he was cured that very hour. That word rebuke. Uh, it, it has the combined force of reproving and commanding. He reproved him for having afflicted the child, the devil, and he commanded him to come out of him. Jesus don't just cast out devils. He scolds them. <laughs> How can he scold them? I thought, mm, mm, mm. the Bible says God chasing them that he loves, that, that are his. And so guess what? Jesus created the devil, too. I know you didn't understand that. So because he created him, he got the right to scold him. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus be scolding devils and then casting them out. Mm -hmm. Scold them and cast them out. So that's what he did. This little chumpy right here scolded him. Get out of the boy. Jesus then took the boy, took his took him by the hand and took him to his father. The disciples saw all of this. And then they say in Matthew 17 and 19 that we read earlier, they, they, then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? Now I want to read that to you again slowly. And for those of you that weren't here at the nine o'clock service, see if you can pick up on what was wrong. Listen to what the word says. Then came the disciples to Jesus 
apart. I mean, pulled them to the side. They, they were trying to do it on the DL. They came to Jesus to the side, took him to the side and said, why could not we cast him out? Like they weren't going to be the one to cast him out. You see what I'm saying? Again, it tells you something about their heart. Because they're speaking like they were going to be the one to cast out the demon. Are you kidding me? So, 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 so that tells me, disciples we're talking about here. <laughs> we're talking about disciples here. They had presumed that it's them that do the work. The we reveals something. Their hearts and mind was not focused on Jesus. Something was going on within them and faith was not operating within them as it was supposed to. Again, I think because they were salty. They didn't get to go up on the mountaintop. Jesus' response was, it was because of your unbelief. He told them. He said, you didn't cast out the demon out of the boy because of your unbelief. What, that, what does that word unbelief mean? It means littleness of faith. But I'm going to tell you how little it was. It means lack of faith. Because of your unbelief, you could not do it. Because you are not in a good place spiritually, you couldn't do it. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. So many people are upset with, with, with what's not going on in their life. And so they decide to just kick Jesus to the curb or do their own thing because they're not seeing the results that Jesus promised. But the bottom line is, were you in the right place? <laughs> did, did you have faith? Or were you functioning in unbelief? Were you caught up in your fleshly desires? Or were you operating in faith? And now you want to blame my God. Now you want to blame the church. Now you want to make up all these excuses and reasons why you just got to do your thing. Why you got to move to the next thing. You can't escape Jesus. He only has one way and one way only. Nobody come to the Father but by Jesus Christ. Listen, if I be lifted up, then I will draw all men. Uh huh. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. There's only one way. So whether here or there or everywhere, it's still the same way. And if we're struggling... And if we're suffering and if we're upset and if we are not seeing the results that we're expecting to see, how about we stop today and say, what is, what's wrong with me? What's going on? What am I not doing? What, what's going on in my life? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mentioned this this morning and it's significant that I mentioned it again because I just think that we got to get that kind of mindset. Yesterday we had our prayer breakfast. And and we prayed. And after we got done praying, uh, Brother Kellerman started just singing. And 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 when you really get into a good prayer and you pray and you get connected with Jesus, you find yourself either humming some good Christian tune or just singing it out loud. Thanks. Thanks. I give you thanks. 
for all you have done. I am so blessed. My soul has found rest. Oh, Lord, I give you thanks. That's what he sung yesterday. And we just started joining in. You know why? Because when you get connected with Jesus, your soul gets free. When you get connected with Jesus, there is just a flow in your life. When you, when, when you connect with Jesus, you're just so grateful. You're so humble. You're so thankful that you're just singing. That's how you know you're in the place, the right place with God. That's how we used to experience revival back in the day. Because we prayed a lot. Prayer, praying a lot, means I am totally dependent upon Jesus. I am totally dependent upon Him, so I need to have a conversation continually with Him. That's what it does. And so... Because we are smarter now, I'm giving you a nugget here. Because we're smarter now, we do less praying now. See, back in the day, we didn't have all the information at our fingertips. So we knew, I better go find it from the Lord. Today, we feel like we can get all the information we need without Jesus. And so if you think you can get all the information without Jesus, why pray? And so prayer has been stymied because we feel like we can get all the answers a different way. When back in the day, the only way we got answers was praying. And I said yesterday, when I came in here and I prayed, I was running late, had a lot going on yesterday. And I, and I just, I, I, I said, man, God, it is so wonderful and so good to just sit down, lay down, stand up, whatever you do, and just talk to the Lord peaceably. And just allow him to speak back to you, to be in his presence, to worship him. Because when you do that, that's where all the answers, that's where revelation, that's where peace come from. That's where you just get more joy. That's what happens. But we're always going and going doing and doing when really if we would just slow it down and pray put the time in into prayer and time with Jesus we will produce so many results those disciples would probably argue with people had a bad attitude with people and not praying because they weren't up on the mountain with Jesus they were probably down there being haughty they were probably down there just kind of Boasting because they were, you know, part of it and they're just trying to let them know, maybe I'm not up on the hill, but I'm still part of it. And they just didn't have a good attitude. Because only when you pray that you get a good attitude. Only when you get into the presence of God do you get a good attitude. And we don't spend no time doing that. We just know how to get the information. We just know how to get the answers. And so we go get the information. We go get the answers. And here we go on our way. And we never sat with Jesus. Unbelief. Littleness of faith. Lack of faith. 
Because of your unbelief, you could not do it because you were not spiritually in a good place. All they needed was faith the size of a mustard seed. And apparently at that moment, that wasn't showing up in their life. Because you can have faith, but so many things can cloud it because of where you are spiritually. Let me give you an example. There are people right now that have faith that are backslidden. There are people now with faith that are not in the church. There are people now with faith that, 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 that come every week, but, but, but they're not expecting anything to happen in their life. Because of where we are spiritually. And so the disciples, trust me, they had faith. But for what was going on in their life at that time, it drowned out the faith to the point where they didn't even have it the size of a mustard seed. And anybody know a mustard seed, how small it is, you know that. Listen to me. The mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the Lord was saying, if you have the smallest of faith that is genuine, you can experience the impossible. The mustard seed produced the largest of all herbs. If you have mustard seed faith, you have increasing faith. Because you know when a mustard seed begins to grow and how it produces. And so Jesus knows everything that he's saying. He knows what he's talking about. And when he said mustard seed, he's saying, all you need is just a little bit. And that thing can grow into something magnificent. That thing can grow into something that will produce beyond your understanding. He says, if you have that kind of faith, you can say, mountain, remove hence. Probably when he said that to them, he was close by a mountain, pointing to the mountain. And, and say, you see that mountain right there? You see how impossible it seems to be removed? Just faith the size of a mustard seed will make you move it. Now, he wasn't talking about the mountain specifically. He's just talking about all the things that we encounter in our lives on a daily basis. The Lord declared that if you had faith, even as a grain of mustard seed, mountains of difficulties could be removed. And absolutely nothing would be impossible to them. But, 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 true faith and self-indulgence are never found together. So you in church, stay with me, I'm almost done. So you in church, and you still into yourself while you're in church, but you have faith, you will never see the impossible. God don't mix with anything. He stands alone. And when you're trying to mix him with your personal feelings and emotion, when you're trying to mix him with what you got going on in your life, when you're trying to mix him with your self-centeredness, you will not experience his power in your life. It's not until we humble ourselves and let faith stand on its own in our life will we experience the miraculous. So self-indulgence and faith 
is never found together. He, ha- he added, Jesus added, how be it this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Listen to me. The flesh and its appetites must be kept in subjection in order that faith may flourish in your life. You got to keep all of your struggles and all of your stuff under subjection. I'm not telling you to ignore them like they exist. But you got to bring them to Jesus. And when you step into the house of the Lord or when you're walking by faith, you got to know that it is faith alone that will work the works of the power of God in your life and nothing else. Nothing else. So the flesh must be under subjection. Your appetites, your self-centered ways must be in subjection for faith to stand alone and do great things through you. There must be a real sense of dependency on God. And that's what prayer does. That's what prayer does. Faith is the strongest power in the world. For it connects God with us. God rewards faith. It's the currency that we use to experience his power. Even small faith. God loves our trust in him, and he will respond to us when we have complete trust in him, whether it's a little bit, as long as it's complete. Where faith is alive and growing, God is present and active. Uh, 